name is Shannon Cutts. I am your friendly neighborhood hostess of Let's Talk to Animals, a podcast all about interspecies conversations. What does that mean? It means talking with animals, demystifying, de-wooing. What is animal communication? How does it work? Who can do it? What can we use it for? And does it even work beyond the body? When an animal has passed over onto the spirit side, pet death is one of the leading reasons why my pet parent clients contact me, reach out and ask to schedule a session. They want to hear from their pets in spirit. They want to know, are you okay? Do you miss me? Who are you with? What are your favorite memories of our time together? And often most pressingly, do you want to come back to me again? Yes, pet reincarnation is one of the many ways that animal communication can support you and your animal loves to feel closer and to literally spend a lifetime together. And this is so vital for us to understand as animal guardians, as pet carers, as loving pet parents, because so often when we invite an animal into our life, when we open our heart, we know that that animal is going to pass before we do. We know, especially for dogs, cats, guinea pigs, rabbits, older senior pets that we may adopt, we know that they're just, their body isn't going to last as long as ours. And so we kind of know going in that there's that grief up ahead. There's that loss up ahead. And This is where animal communication can step in and not eliminate the grief, not eradicate the loss, but ease the process and deepen the connection that we share so that even when the body may be missing, the love isn't. Our our belief in our awareness of and our connection to the life bond that we share the soul bond that we share with our animal remains intact. Now, on January 8th, if you've been following along with this podcast for season four, and if and or if you follow us over on our some of our social media channels, you're probably aware that my precious soul bird Pearl, my 24-year-old soul bird, transitioned out of his body on January 8th of this year. It was very jarring for me, very shocking, because I had just had a conversation with Pearl and asked him about some of the physical slowdowns that I was seeing. And he said to me in very plain language, he said, Mom, don't worry, I'm going to be around for a long, long, long time. Now, I took that to mean that his body was going to last forever. For so many years, I had joked, you know, where you go, I go, and um, we're going for oldest living cockatiel or immortal, whichever comes first. And so when he unexpectedly passed, especially right after sharing that with me, I just, everything that I thought I knew and understood about what is possible in pet reincarnation, how it happens, when it happens, how to know, it just all flew right out the window, so to speak. So it really proves that when we have a teaching animal in our life, we have to be prepared for the unexpected because we never know what lessons there are really in our life to teach us. And because, of course, during my time with Pearl, 24 years from when he was a five-week-old chick until the day he passed out of his body, 
I went through many, many changes. And one of those was that I learned that I can hear the animals and that they can hear me and that we can have two-way conversations of incredible depth and meaning. And so, of course, Pearl has been a huge and tremendous teaching animal in my own life. And he continues to teach me because I recently shepherded him back for the fourth time in a new body. And if you're watching the video version, you can see that new body walking around behind me in the in the uh, form of Petal. Petal is my nine-week-old cockatiel. And I may do a future follow-up episode on this podcast about her specific reincarnation story. But for our purposes here today, especially because I have seen so many pets transitioning to spirit recently. And it's one of the number one reasons why new pet parents reach out to me and ask, can we schedule a session is because they want to talk to their animal either right before their passing, maybe they're in, in hospice or they're um, getting ready to make their final transition or they're, they have just transitioned and that pet parent wants to talk with them. So if you're in that situation right now, if you're helping your beloved animal companion through their final transition. If you're wondering how you'll know it's time or if they're ready, or if you have lost an animal love and you are feeling that grief that I was feeling just a few months ago. And that so many of my pet parent clients feel at such deep levels when their animals cross and you're wondering, is it possible that they might come back to me, then this is definitely the podcast episode for you. I created it just for you. And the first thing that I want to share is that when your pet crosses or is or or pet death is imminent, that is not the moment to drop everything and learn animal communication. I know it can feel tempting. It's like, well, if animal communication is something that we're all born with, and we've talked a lot about that so far in this podcast in the previous seasons. So if animal communication is possible for all human animals, as well as all non-human animals, if it's something that I can learn to do, then well, shoot, it just makes good sense that I should just start doing it now. But the truth is, is that right after a, a huge loss or when you're anticipating a huge loss of someone you love deeply, you're, you're very emotionally compromised. You're mentally distracted. You're physically distraught. This isn't the right moment to start tuning in and waking up your intuitive gifts. That moment will come. But for many, many years before I became an animal communicator, before I was Reiki attuned and started practicing as a master, I worked with animal communicators. I hired animal communicators and I still hire animal communicators sometimes when I need extra support in my own personal life with my companion animals. And so just want I just want to reassure you that we're here for you. And when it's time, we can absolutely teach you. I can absolutely teach you. The teacher of your choice can absolutely teach you how to talk to animals. But when you're in a crisis with one of your personal animal family members, go ahead and reach out for help. It's, it's, it can smooth the process and just take the pressure off of yourself. The second thing I want to share is that even if you're somebody, and I have I've encountered people on our social channels, even just in casual conversation in the neighborhood, people who just do not believe in animal communication, and they definitely don't believe in reincarnation, regardless of species. And if that describes you, okay, 
that's absolutely fine. We don't have to believe. You don't have to believe in what I believe in. You don't have to believe in anything. None of us do because belief is a mental construct. Belief is something that we do when we're not sure. We say, well, I believe in this, but I don't believe in that. When we've had the experience, belief becomes somewhat irrelevant. And I don't mean that to be in any way diminishing the importance of belief in our lives. Belief can be something that we can sense and feel, but can't explain yet too. And there can be that level, that deeper level. That's the Einstein theory of relativity level of belief when it's like, well, I believe in it because I can feel it and sense it, but I can't explain to you. I can't tell you why or how, and that is intuition. So that's actually not even belief. That's actually your your gut, your deep and inner knowing, your gut brain telling you something that your head brain may or may not be able to prove. So that's different. But what I want to start with is whenever you're even, even whether you believe it or you don't believe it, if there's anything in you that hopes for it or wishes it was possible, then that's a, that's a signal that you and that animal have a soul contract. You have a soul contract relationship. So let's say your your precious dog or cat or bird or snake or horse has just crossed. And maybe you do, maybe you don't believe in reincarnation, but you wish for it anyway. And you wish it was possible. And sometimes you think you hear them in the night or you you get a random memory or something just reminds you of them or you have a dream about them. And you just, you're wishing or you're, you're imagining what it might be like. Well, that's a sign that that animal may want to come back to you. And even more importantly, it's a sign that you have a soul contract with that animal, which means that before the two of you came here in, in, in embodied form, it means you, you agreed that you were there for each other. You were going to be there for one another for mutual upliftment, for mutual unconditional love visioning the highest and best that's possible for each other and serving one another from that place. Maybe sometimes we rescue an animal or we take an animal in and we just we're we're just aware. We just know that we're we're caring for that being. They need it, we can offer it. They pass out of our life and we feel a peace about it. But sometimes it feels like the relationship is not finished. We miss them so much and we long for them and we feel like our life is not complete without them. And I mean, with Pearl, I felt like I was missing limbs. Like I, I didn't have my hands anymore. And like a part of my heart had died. There was a hole. Like that is a symptom. It doesn't have to be that extreme. You know, we all have different personalities. I'm an Enneagram four, so I tend to be very, you know, emotive. I, I process life more toward through my emotions and physical sensations versus always maybe through my head. It doesn't matter how it happens. And, you know, if you feel there's, there's something unfinished or you feel like your life is incomplete or there's something missing or you can't move forward without that animal in your life, then there's a soul contract present and there's more to be revealed about your relationship, whether that's through pet reincarnation or some of the other ways in which we can stay connected. And so, if you're in that space and you're you're about to lose your love or you, or you're about to lose your love in body is the, the the more accurate way to phrase that 
or you've just lost your pet and you just don't feel like life is ever going to be the same again, or, or you just, you don't want to get out of bed or you just, you're like, why, you know, that can be a symptom of a soul contract, which is a wonderful thing to wake up to when you realize, oh my goodness, I have a life contract and probably a lifetimes, many lifetimes contract with this other being that we're going to be there for each other. We're going to love each other unconditionally. We're going to make each other's lives better. We're going to teach each other. We're going to mentor and guide each other. We're going to cheer each other on and we're going to grow together. Well, of course you want them back. Of course you do because you're supposed to be together. So this is when we open that door. And maybe you might you might say to yourself, you know, Maybe I've never believed in it. Maybe nobody in my life has ever encouraged me to question whether or not this is something that can even be possible for me or can even happen for me. But maybe I just want to, I just want to decide for myself. And maybe that's when you reach out and you want to schedule a session because you want to talk with your pet before they make their final transition or you want to talk with your pet on the spirit side now and find out how they're doing and what they're learning and what their near future plans are. And if they do want to come back to you in a new body and reincarnate to you so you can share more time together here on this earth plane. So you decide, you know what, I don't care what I believe or what I've been told it's okay to believe or not believe or what is right or wrong or what others people's opinions have um, have done to shape my awareness of the world and what's possible. I'm, I've just, I can't get it out of my head. I can't get out of my heart. So I'm just going to open that door. I'm going to initiate a conversation and I'm going to ask my animal directly. Right. And so we come to this place now where we can have a conversation. Maybe you decide to work with me. Maybe you decide to work with another communicator who talks with pets in on the spirit side and you start with this question of are you open to coming back to me would you like to come back to me um would you be interested to reincarnate into a new physical body so we can continue spending time together and teaching each other and supporting each other and sharing this unconditional love bond that is so amazing and makes life so much better maybe the animal says yes Maybe the animal says no. Either way, we're always going to learn something that's going to be really beneficial. I have never yet in all the conversations that I've had, and you can read several stories of how I've helped pet parents begin to take those first steps towards meeting a, a, a beloved pet in a new body. You can head over to animallovelanguages.com backslash blog, and you can read all about it several wonderful stories of animal wisdom from the other side, some of whom have decided to come back and some of whom have not. And there's all, what, what you'll learn in those stories and what I've learned from the hundreds of animals I've spoken with is that there's always a higher good there because a soul contract always speaks to the higher good of both beings. And so if the animal says, no, I, I, I'm not coming back or I don't want to come back. There's, there's a reason for that. It's not willful. It's not to hurt you. It's, there's, there can be all kinds of reasons. Some of the reasons I've seen include that that animal's soul contract, that person is that they're now going to serve as a spirit guide from the spirit side for that human. Another reason I've seen is because that animal needs to be on the other side because they need to console 
another human who's just crossed and is feeling lost and alone, or they have their own family members that they've reunited with that they want to spend time with, or that they are going to share a body with another animal that you are to keep company with here on the earth plane. And what that means is, you know, we, we have just like we have soul contracts with more than one person in this lifetime. We often have soul contracts with more than one animal. That's when, you know, you meet someone and you feel like, gosh, I just, I feel like I've known you forever, even though we just met yesterday and how different that feels from spending, you know, sometimes days or weeks or months or years with someone. And you just never feel like you even break the ice. A soul contract is more along the lines of when you meet someone and you just feel at home, you just feel comfortable, you feel open right away or very soon after meeting them. And so we can have these soul contracts with with many different people and with many different animals throughout our lifetime. And so that may mean that up next on your, your earthly playlist, you're meant to keep company with another animal you have a soul contract with, but your animal and spirit may come back and visit or even share a body with an animal, a new animal that is coming into your life. So there's all kinds of permutations. I can't say that word. There's all right pedal. Uh, If you were watching the video version, the blogcast version of this episode, you just saw a really cute little, little flight over to the laptop. She loves the laptop. All of my all of my birds and all of my versions of Pearl for to date have loved the laptop. The laptop is the place to be. There may also be a case where the animal says, you know, yes, I'm ready. And then we have to ask, well, are you ready right now? Or do you need some time? And you can also ask yourself that question. Are you ready right now to welcome your animal back? And and we're gonna get into that. I want to explain to this uh, just a little bit more because it is important to give yourself time. But we may find that that animal needs a little bit more time. Now, there's kind of a pervasive myth in the animal communication community and amongst those who work with animal intuitives that after an animal crosses, they need time. And I'm not just talking about like a few minutes or a few hours. They need, you know, days, months, sometimes years before they're ready. Like they, they, they need to adjust before they can talk with us. And I have not found that to be the case because they're going home. When we, when we cross over into spirit, we're going home. So we're not going to some strange new land. We're going to a place that we've been to before. It's kind of like, I think in a previous episode, I made the analogy of a summer home and a winter home. And so we're, we're going, we're, we're here. We've been here before. We're going back across the veil. We've been there before. So an adjustment period. Yeah, sure. Especially if it was a very, very sudden death, sudden and unexpected, like let's say the animal had an accident or something like that or a predation where there was just some shock. Sure. Maybe a few minutes, maybe a few hours. What's much more common, however, is that the human needs some time before they're ready to hear from their animal because we're still in the body. Everything is so much quicker, lighter, more fluid when we are not carrying around this physical luggage. It requires so much to process our grief through our mind, through our emotions, and through our physical organism because every single thought every single emotion produces some kind of chemical messenger a hormone cortisol is a huge one the stress hormone the silent killer 
is what it's called in the medical field. And so we've got to process that. We have to, we have to work through the stages of grief, whether they're linear and orderly or they flip-flop all over the place like mine often do. And there's so many different ways and there's different models and methods for the different stages and what they might look like. But the bottom line understanding is that it can take some time for us before we're ready to talk with our animal and spirit. It certainly was the case for me and has been the case for me, whether I liked it or not, or wanted it or not. I had to go through a certain amount of grieving physically, emotionally, mentally, before I was ready to hear my animal's wisdom. So they're waiting patiently for us on the spirit side. They're waiting for us to get ready to be clear, clear clear-bodied, clear-minded, clear in our hearts, clear in our spirits enough to be able to hear them and really reconnect. And so you may find that the animal says, no, I'm, I, I'm, they may say, yes, I, I do want to come back to you. No, I don't want to come back to you right now. And it could be it's because they need more time on the spirit side. I had one animal in spirit who told me one of my former humans just crossed over and she's feeling really lost and lonely. And I just, I need to be there and help her get oriented. So there was, there, there can be that. The animal may also say, I do want to come back, but you're not ready. Sometimes my human clients, they'll tell me, I'm not ready yet. I'm just not ready for a new animal. I'm just, and that is really important. At the beginning of this podcast, I shared that my pearl has come back to me four times. Every single time he's left, I have had a catastrophic reaction. Like my world is ending. I mean, because we just have a really deep, really life-changing soul contract. He's my my person. He's my most significant uh, relationship in this life. And you look at a small little bird, like a cockatiel, and you think, oh, how can that be? And it's like, well, I don't know, and I don't care. It's true. He is my rock. And my mentor and the source of all good inspirations and courageous acts in my life. And that's just the way that it is. And so even though Pearl told me I'm going to be with you for a long time, and even the day he passed, he said, I'm coming back to you right away. And he gave me the details of exactly how he was going to come. He told me he's coming as a ladybird. He told me his name would be Petal. And he showed me the image that I thought was was going to be him that actually turned out to be his surrogate mom. Uh, And that's a whole other story. And it's an amazing story. And I may tell you someday here on Let's Talk to Animals. But for now, I just, I really want to focus on the fact that even though I have Petal back, I have Pearl back as Petal, Petal is still Petal. There are elements of Pearl. There are elements that I recognize right out of the box and, and especially all the details that he told me about how she would come back to, he would come back to me as a ladybird and, and there's so there's so many clues there's even even on her physical body there's so many little nuggets to pick out where i can really see that this is pearl but this is also petal and so we also have to be prepared when our pet reincarnates to us you know we have this idea again in our head that can be so solid of what it's going to be like we may not know that we have these ideas in our heads but our pets know And so when an animal says, I am not ready yet, 
It may be because we need a little more time to loosen up our grief around our intense attachment to all of the, even the most subtle nuances of the way that our animal was in their last body. My pearl was very small. He was the wrench of the litter. He was missing his left wing tip and three of his eight claws. He was very dependent on me. He was gray and white. He was male. There were so many things about Pearl that I was so attached to. And Petal couldn't be more different in, in many. In fact, the opposite, the fact that there are such opposites is one of the ways that I know that Petal is Pearl. Petal came back. She's a big bird. She was a, an early start. She was the firstborn. She's extremely colorful. She's female. She's flighted. She's There's so, so many things about Petal that I had I needed some time and some space to loosen up my death grip on just wanting Pearl back as Pearl with every element being Pearl. Because when our animal, when we have a soul contract with an animal, that means mutual growth. We're there for each other. So even though the animal's going to come back, maybe they say, yes, I really want to come back and be with you again. There's also something in it for them. It's the good of themselves and your good. It's the good of the individual and the good of all. So when an animal comes back, that also means there's more for them to learn here in a physical body. There's new experiences to have. There's new lessons to learn. There's new evolution to experience. Elevating the vibration, opening the heart, expanding the mind having life-altering relationships that are for everyone's highest good. And so if an animal says, I'm going to come back, chances are good they're not going to come back as a carbon copy or a clone of who they were in their last incarnation with you. Every time Pearl has come back, the first time he was with me, he was a parakeet. The second time he was Jacob, my first cocktail, the third time he was Pearl, and now he's Petal. And each time he has been different, including this is this is um, my first time caring for a female parrot. And he's finally, he what Pearl wanted a ladybird his whole 24 years. Now he is a ladybird, but that's a big change. And so, and of course, and, and when they come back, they've had different life experiences. I often get the question, if I want my pet to reincarnate to me, do, do, does that mean I have to get a puppy or a kitten or a chick, a very young animal? And the answer is no. And that's a whole separate episode all in itself. But just know that that animal is going to come to you with some different physical genetics attached. That they're going to come to you with some different life experiences attached, some different behaviors. And we have to be at least if maybe we're never going to be ready for the unexpected, for the unknown, for the things we can't plan for, our fight, flight, or freeze survival system is never going to be okay with that. As embodied beings, we certainly have to do a lot more wrangling with our fight, flight, or freeze system than we do when we're on the spirit side. But our animals know this. And so we have to be at least open to welcoming their, them back in their new incarnation, in their new body. They may need to come back as a different gender or a different breed or even a different species in order to continue their own evolution. 
So that's why these conversations are so, so vitally important. If you want your animal to reincarnate back into your life, the timing is so vitally important. And just the the opportunity to learn how it feels versus what you think is possible when you really have met your reincarnated pet. This is a priceless lesson in itself. And, and what, it's one of the reasons why Pearl passed suddenly. In my experience, and I've talked about this in a previous uh, podcast episode, but in my experience, animals don't come just like we humans don't come into this life with everything just bullet pointed and mapped out in excruciating detail for then this is going to happen and then that is going to happen and then this other thing is going to happen. We rather come into this into this incarnation, to each incarnation with kind of more of like a general flow, major life themes, major life lessons, maybe major opportunities and and strengths that we've cultivated in past incarnations that are now there to support us. And we come in with a general exit plan. And what I've often seen is that may look like a more extended gradual exit, or it may be quite sudden as in the form of, well, my time was coming anyway, but opportunity knocked and I took it. And that is exactly what happened with Pearl. I remember speaking with uh, one pet parent client whose dog just ran out into the road one day and was struck by a car and killed instantly. And when I tuned in with that animal, what she told me was opportunity knocked. It was either that or there was something more extended that was coming. And and when I shared that with, with my human client, they did tell me that there, this dog had been experiencing some subtle medical problems and kind of things that the doctors were watching, the vets were a little concerned about. And so it was, it was kind of like she had a choice. She could either go through that more extended illness that was brewing and go out more gradually, or she, she kind of, she ran out, out into the road and, and got struck. It wasn't a suicide. She just ran out into the road, but the car was coming and boom. And she just, and that's exactly what happened with Pearl. He just, his body gave out and he went with it, knowing that the alternative was a longer, slower, more gradual process. And what he told me is he said, you know what, I could have handled it, mom, but you couldn't. So there's always more context there for why and how our animals choose to go. And there is always conscious, intentional choice if they passed when nobody was there. I talked with an animal, uh, a pet parent client last week, and she was so distraught because her animal passed alone and she had wanted to be there to hold her. This is very common that we have this idea of how we want our animal to go and how we think it's going to be the most comforting and the most loving for them. And the truth is, is that they have their own reasons for why they go when they go and that they don't feel as disconnected from us as we do from them to the sense that they don't always feel our love for them. Even if if our physical presence isn't there when they're passing, they can always feel the love in our hearts for them. And most importantly, they can feel 
the unconditional love for them that we have that 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 prompts us to make these elaborate plans for how they're going to die. We we want the highest and best for them, and so we make this plan, and then they don't follow it, and then we feel guilty, or we we feel distraught, or we feel inconsolable even, and. What they got from all of it is just, you loved me so much that you wanted everything to be perfect. And that was like enough for them. They didn't need all the bells and whistles and the bows and the, and the glitter too. They, that was it. That was the bows and the glitter. That was everything for them. So having these conversations will fill in those blanks. Being able to ask our animal do you want to come back? Do you want to come back now? Why do you or don't you want to come back? Why do you or don't you want to come back now? And why is this in our mutual highest and best good? And we can learn and then we can feel that reconnection in the heart space. We can feel our heart soften and restart to reopen. This will help continue to process the grief we're feeling and open up to new experiences, open up to continue our own earthly embodied journey, open up to other soul contracts that may be primed and ready to enter our life, and open up to new possibilities that for many of us, especially in my generation, I'm 52 this year, we were just not raised to speak about any of these so-called woo-woo things like reincarnation or mediumship or psychic arts or intuitive gifts. And we may have even actively been discouraged or even told that's not true. That's not possible. And so when we start to go through these experiences with our animal loves and at such deep levels, because we have these uh, these unconditional love bonds, these soul contract bonds that give us the courage that we were never able to find through connecting with our fellow human animals, then we this is a huge part of our evolution as human animals. It's just it's an immense opportunity to open up and to discover what Einstein once said, he said, you know, we have two choices about how to live in this world. We can choose to live as if nothing is a miracle. We can choose to live as if everything's a miracle. And so this is one of those moments when we say to ourselves, do I, am I open to discovering that everything in life is a miracle? Am I open to at least, am I at least willing to open the door? Maybe I'll find out that it really isn't possible or it really isn't true. Maybe I really don't believe in it or whatever it is. Maybe I'll find out that I do and that it really is possible. And it's going to completely change my life for the better. Einstein also famously said that imagination and creativity are actually more important than science. And knowledge, because one fuels the other. When we think about Einstein's earlier years, they weren't exactly glamorous. And he had trouble getting a job and he had trouble maintaining relationships. And part of the reason why is because there was something about this world and his environment that he felt like only he could perceive. And that was later called the theory of relativity. But he would be sitting there at his little patent clerk 
office desk, bored out of his mind, probably, and just feeling the theory of relativity all around him. But he he was not yet able to express it in words and facts and numbers and ways that he could use to communicate what he felt as real. And so he kind of felt stranded and very isolated and yeah, definitely in the realm of people kind of thinking he was crazy. But then later he was able to gather together more tools and outline what he was feeling and sensing and present it to others in ways that they could understand. And that changed not just his world, but the world forever for the better. And so it started with his imagination. It started with his creativity. It started in his gut brain, not in his head brain. The gut brain is where our intuition lives. The gut brain is where our heart lives. The gut brain is where all great inspirational ideas come from, like the idea that maybe my pet wants to reincarnate to me. Maybe it's possible. Maybe we could continue to have adventures together here on the physical plane. And so that's what I want to leave you with is where is your imagination taking you? Even if it's in the form of, oh, I so wish it was possible. Well, let me just leave you with this. What if it, what if it is? What if it is? If you'd like to connect with your pet in spirit or you want, you have questions that you want to ask your pet who's in their transition process, or you just want to get a little jump on things and start these conversations. I had these conversations with Pearl so many times throughout our 24 years together. I encourage you to reach out, if not to me, then to somebody who does have experiential knowledge, gut level experiences with pet reincarnation and begin that conversation. So if you've enjoyed this episode, if you found something about the information that I've presented and the stories I've shared nourishing or uplifting or comforting, please like, please subscribe, please share and help this little podcast keep growing and putting down deep roots in our little corner of the blogosphere and the vlogosphere. And uh, please do come back and listen to um, future episodes. We do, <laughs> Little Petal just heard a, a bang and she just ran out. If you're watching the vlogcast version on YouTube, you can see my little love. Yeah, are you Pearl? And you're also Petal, right? Are you hungry again? Again, we do these episodes every two weeks here on Let's Talk to Animals for season four, just to give me a little more time since I'm both hostess and guest. Give me a little bit more planning and preparation time to get everything just so for you. But I also want to encourage you to listen back to past seasons where we've had some really, truly amazing guests. And please do drop a comment if you have a question or a topic you'd like me to talk about or share about. I'd love to hear from you. And most of all, thank you for opening your heart to interspecies communications. I want you to know that the animals are very grateful. And most of all, I'm very grateful for your good company. All my love. Bye for now.